You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Monday, so it's time for Shapiro World with David Shapiro, who's the Deputy Chairman of Sasfin Securities in Johannesburg. David, I don't know where to start. We're pre-recording this interview at, what is this, mm. uh, quarter to four, four South African yeah. time. Yeah, The market opened 15 minutes ago because the clocks have mm. changed in the United States of America. Mm. And if the Dow Jones goes down by 7%, it triggers a 15-minute mm. halt in trading. There has been a 15-minute halt in trading because the Dow Jones has fallen yeah. more than 7%. I haven't seen this for a long time we haven't seen this it's quite, I don't think ever it's, it's, <laughs> no, no. it's quite unusual because it's 11 years to the day that the bull market started yeah. March the 9th 2009 isn't that weird yeah it is you know I've, I've, to be honest I've never called it a bull market for me it's always been a relief market it's been driven by low interest rates and other other um, events that the sorry or other methods that the, uh, the you know central banks have introduced. In other words, it's it's never really been driven by a view that the global economy is going into hard growth. So I'm not not that that's an issue. But um, what happens is it's been really a bump and push and bump and grind type market. Yes. Uh, what we're seeing now is I haven't seen before. And mm. the, the reason that we haven't seen it before and the reason it's so difficult is this is not, this is not financial. This is not economic. This is a coronavirus that started in, in China that is causing all kinds of impacts. Um, that governments and uh, uh, central banks don't know how to handle because it's not a matter of putting money into the system. It's a matter of how do you how do you get people to travel? How do you get them to go back into restaurants? How do you get them to spend? You know, that's the problem yes. is that uh, we're all going into lockdown, which itself is going to, of course, cause economic issues. But the problem is nobody knows how to do it. So, so Lindsay, it's, we, we're facing an animal that, uh, or a virus, let's put it this way, a bug, that no one's quite sure what to do. Well, you sent me a very interesting message in saying, my clients are surprisingly calm, but they're more worried about their health than their finances. Yes. And that tells yes. you that they don't know how to approach the coronavirus. Yeah. And that's very interesting. Exactly. exactly. In other words, um, people don't know. They're not, they're not worried about their money. What they're worried about is, uh, have you been in touch with anybody that's got a virus? Mm. We're, we're protected at the moment because we're in summer and there you know, a few people are coming back from traveling abroad, having been in Italy or China or wherever. Mm. But uh, we haven't really had any major issues here. It will come, Lindsay. It's going to come. Definitely. You know, as the weather gets colder... Uh, we are, we're in no way uh, prepared, and there's a lot of traveling in and out uh, of, of South Africa. There are a lot of commutes on a day-to-day basis, and we're not exactly the most health-conscious uh, country in terms of the way that, you know, the, the, the way that we carry on. So it, it, it could be an enormous issue here, and I don't know whether our hospitals are in any way um, capable of handling this. Are they prepared for it? So for a lot of people, they, they're more worried about what happens if, you know, what happens if I do get the coronavirus? Where am I going to go? How, who's going to treat me? 
David, um, it becomes a big issue. We're definitely not prepared for it. And South Africa no. is definitely not prepared for it. Italy at the moment has intensive care units, portable intensive care units mm. in the corridors of hospitals. Yeah. I don't care what anyone yeah. says about Italy. It's a massive, mm. massive economy. It's terribly important. It's very sophisticated. And if they don't have the capacities to cope with the coronavirus, then South Africa certainly doesn't. I saw a tweet today yeah. showing a, a school with 659 pupils with one toilet for those 659 yes, yes. and if you take it away from schooling and put it into health and apply that same principle into hospitals and healthcare, then we're yeah. hopelessly unprepared i oh, know we had a we had an issue last week with water <laughs> you know where where uh there was a burst pipe or something it took i don't know how many hours to correct it 24 hours in which case we had no toilet running water here and so on so yeah, we do have, um, you know, we do have big issues coming here, which is scaring people. Mm. Um, I, I think that's besides the economic impact. I was just uh, in an interview a few seconds ago, yes. and I was told by the people they 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 work for Chinese TV or the you know the uh, in South Africa, right. and they said that a hundred thousand Chinese travelers are not coming here. You know, obviously they're not leaving China. Lindsay, there are other issues as well. I think there are the economic circumstances uh, that are going to hurt South Africa as well. You've got to remember, we rely a lot on commodity exports, on, on tourism. And also, uh, we, we get enormous amount of Chinese tourists who are not going to come. And we're a country that can least afford not to have them. So despite, you know, also not being ready for the coronavirus, although we reckon we have, I think we're going to face a huge economic outfall as well. Um, and 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 that that issue includes coal prices, um, platinum prices, uh, um, you know, all the other exports. Iron ore prices, I think, are going to be hurt by this. So this economy, which is already in recession, I think, is going to be squeezed even further. So we've got issues that we now have to address, and this is no time for political uh, bickering or backstabbing or anything. You know, this is a time where, where you've got to show maturity, and I think that applies to the world as well. We haven't seen it coming out of America yet. We haven't seen it coming out of any world leaders where um, people are looking for, for, for some kind of guidance, comfort to, to know that governments are sitting around a table and trying to, trying to address Firstly, most importantly, is the health issue. Yes. You know what I mean? And uh, after that comes the economic fallout. So people want to know, yes, we're not going to fall over and die in the streets. If we do get sick, there's enough facilities to look after us. People are looking for a cure to this. They're looking for a vaccine and so on. We're not getting any of it. No, we're not. S&P and uh, Dow Jones have, have reopened. The S&P now only down 6.4% or 187 points, was down well over 200 mm. points and was down at, at 7% plus. So uh, the market's sort of starting to calm down a bit. But if you looked at your screen for the first time and you saw 6.3% down for the S&P, you'd say, wait a second, what's going on here? I was rude about your oil tweet this morning because I disagreed with you fundamentally on why the oil price was going down. You sent out an oil price and you said that it was to do with the coronavirus i think that's that's only half of the story and my no, view no. yes go on you go on with your oil uh, synopsis sorry please. sorry what happened is that uh what i what happened is that uh um there was first of all you've got to you've got to understand what's happened in saudi arabia you know the crown prince first of all arresting anybody that uh, was close to him 
accusing them of plotting, you know, family members of plotting a coup. And secondly, there was this disagreement over the weekend with OPEC mm. over the cuts. But the cuts, what, what happened, Lindsay, is that if you, if you think about it, why had oil fallen? That was because of Chinese demand for the coronavirus. So I said, mm. you know, coronavirus is only adding to our stresses. But um, that, that's why this is not directly – it's indirectly hurt by the, uh, oil, by the uh, coronavirus. But it was because they couldn't agree. And Saudi said, okay, uh, we'll pump as much as we can. There's another important factor, Lindsay, which is I've been talking to people. Is this can also be a fight between uh, Saudis and Iran a way of Saudis getting back at Iran and making price go down to zero and putting them out of business completely. Yeah, <laughs> that is very true. But my point is that these people sat down in Vienna and they had a look at their demand figures and they saw that the demand was not there. So they said, yeah, we can cut by one and a half million barrels a day, but we're not going to stick to that quota reduction. Yeah. And unfortunately, we need the money. So it's just going to yeah. be a free for all. And that's to do with coronavirus. I do believe that they looked at demand. Yeah. And I don't think this is a supply led bear market that we've seen. And it is a bear market. It was, it was down 30 percent this morning. Oil yeah. is in a bear market. I do believe it was to do with the fact they're just saying. You know, we don't care. We don't care about you. We don't care about you. We're going to do our own thing and cut our prices and strike deals with the oil consuming countries. And that was it. And it's linked to coronavirus. So all I was saying in my reply to your tweet this morning is I think you got the emphasis a little bit wrong. But I mean, we can agree to disagree. No, no, no. I think you're right. If I came across the other way, I didn't mean to. Maybe it was just a poor selection of words, <laughs> no. but I'm fully in agreement with you. Mm. This, has got, this has got nothing to do with this. You know what? It's the same attitude. Why do people run into supermarkets and take out all the toilet paper for themselves? And the baked beans. And the baked beans. And Which everything. is linked to toilet paper, of course, eventually. Because they, could, they couldn't care about you. You know, if some <laughs> consumer comes in afterwards, they can't care. We're going to look after ourselves. I was, watching the BBC, <laughs> I was watching the BBC this morning and I saw this headline, Tesco rationing purchases of certain staples like baked beans. People are going and taking as many baked beans as they can. I don't know how they think that that's going to help them, but no, I mean, I it's know. so stupid. But anyway, it's quite funny that this virus that has killed nearly 4,000 people is causing panic buying of tinned foods and toilet paper. It's quite yeah, extraordinary. Where's Mr. Trump? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know when he's going to talk. We now, uh, what's that now? Now it's 10 o'clock. In, in, in America, mm. uh, we haven't heard anything from him. He should have been out first thing this morning. Uh, he should be there on his front lawn, wherever he is, yeah. and, and trying to address issues. Just saying we are going to talk or someone should come out. I haven't seen any, I haven't seen any kind of crossovers to Washington at all, um, even from correspondence of, you know, the various, uh, of the various news services. So I, th- I think that's bad form. I think the fact that government is silent is just creating or adding to a lot of the stress and tensions that we are seeing in markets. Yeah. Uh, I'm not angry. I'm not angry with the financial markets. I'm just, I'm just saying that, you know, this makes politicians. This is credit, you know, when, when we had the 08, 09, uh, um, we collapse, the Lehman Brothers collapse, uh, George Bush, who was on the way out, Mm. It was brilliant. He got Hank Paulson. He got um, 
Bernanke was there, and I can't remember the other chap who was actually head of the Fed. He became Secretary Treasury as well. His name just slips me for the meantime. They all got together, and they were working 24 hours understanding the problem and calling people in. You know, I don't know whether we've got anywhere close to that kind of war room. Uh, there's a wonderful book, remember the big, not, uh, too big to fail, uh, yes. which was written by the financial time, by the New York Times, um, he's a young chap. Um, and, and it, it gave an account of what happened there. And, and that's what the kind of response we need, you know, and, and we, we haven't seen anything close to that, nor do I think that, that Trump has anybody around him that can actually address those kind of issues. Well, anyone that has any intelligence has been fired by him, unfortunately, because yeah. <laughs> uh, they, they don't agree with his particular Geithner, uh, style. What is of... his name, not Tim Geithner, yeah. Mm, okay. Think so. Well, Stand to be corrected. Well remembered, uh, if indeed it is true. Um, David, uh, one of the reasons that uh, Mr. Trump will come out and say it's got nothing to do with me, it's got to do with China, and that's the reason the market's falling, is in a sense correct. But on the other hand, I do believe that the fact that he's inflated the market so much with his narcissistic tax yeah. cuts yeah. and yeah. his, his yeah. pressure on the Fed, and also Obama yeah. did it as well, but Obama did it to arrest us from an 11-year... The subprime crisis. Yeah, exactly, the subprime yeah. Crisis, which which saw the S and P fall to 666 exactly mm. 11 years ago today, yeah. and that's when the bull market started. So Obama, in a way, had a reason to go to the Fed and say, "Let's get yes. out of this," and it worked. But he perpetuated that and didn't then sort of tone, <laughs> tone it down. But Trump took took the baton and made it even worse. And if it weren't for Trump and the Fed, the market wouldn't be as dramatic as it is today. No, absolutely. I think this was. Uh you know, I agree with you on that respect. I mean, he came in and he said, "We're going to cut rates." You know, we're going to cut, uh, we're going to cut taxes, and that that in itself is going to lead to more money in the system, and that's going to drive growth up. And the other thing he said is, "We're going to weaken all our partners," and he went on trade wars and fights with everybody else. Mm. And and now, when you need friends, when you need everybody to be uh, come together, no one's talking to each other, or there's no respect for each other. Yes, you know, and and that. That's what I find astonishing. You knew that in times of crises like this, you need people who respect each other, that Merkel can talk to him, you know, that we had those kind of relationships uh, before that Obama had. We haven't got any of those at the moment. Mm. Who's the new? Who's, who's taking over? Christine Lagarde? She's, she's an ECB, you know. She's a person I respect and uh, who knows things. But um, who's putting it together? Who's getting all the world leaders together? When you go to G7, he's on his own. He's, he does his own thing. He comes in and he slates everybody else. So, <laughs> anyway. He, he's an abusive I, bully. He really uh, is. He's a schoolyard uh, bully, and, it, and it's awful. And as you quite rightly say, there are no leaders. I respect Emmanuel Macron. I respect Ang Angela Merkel. And there's a couple of others as well. But uh, even President Xi, I mean, he's got a bit of dignity, although he's essentially a dictator. He has a little bit of dignity. But the real leader uh, of the world... It's just a childish, narcissistic bully. Mm. I'm sorry. Well, um, let's see. This is going to test him. Lindsay. Yeah. This is really going to test him. Uh, and, and it's his. Listen, his economy is under a lot of pressure with the oil prices at these levels. Yes. He's, he's, there's a huge amount of uh, growth that comes from oil companies. You know, it's oil services businesses, so frackers. Don't underestimate what the impact has on the global economy. So it's not the Middle East that's only suffering, it's him as well. And, uh, you know, you need a midpoint. 
because you need those. You, you can't have weakness in the producers. You know, it's very good from us from an inflation point of view, and it's very good from uh, uh, you know as a cost of business, whatever you, whichever way you want to look at it. Oil is a cost of business, but but you also need the pre- producers to be stable. So. Um, there is a midpoint that we have to get back to, to to also bring some stability back to the global economy. S&P only down 5.9% at the moment, having been down 7%. <laughs> it's, it's a massive rally. It's a bull market. Mm. Uh, David, I can't believe uh, the price of Sassel. I can't believe the price of oil yep. because the oil yep. price went to $70 yep. a barrel during the, the brief mm. Iran skirmish uh, yep. between them and the United States. It is now yep. less than half of that, and that was only three months ago. This is an astonishing move. Uh, It's quite incredible. We've seen it before, as you you mentioned, but you know, know, Lindsay, to be honest, cartels never work. Mm. And that's, you know, that's what I can't understand, how they have kept this price up, which started all the way back in 1973. I don't know where that was the first crisis when uh, the Arab nations decided to punish the world. Um, and, and Britain and, went on a three-day week. I remember that distinctly. <laughs> Britain was on a three-day week because it couldn't keep yeah. the lights on. Yeah, yeah. And that it caused untold, you know, for, for decades, uh, the world felt the consequences of higher oil prices. But all in all, there's plenty of oil in this world. There's millions of barrels. Um, and what do we do? We try to keep it. Uh, we try to keep the price at a certain level. We try to do that with the beers as well, with diamonds. You know, yes. which which has kind of uh, fallen apart and collapsed. But they're trying to do that. It it doesn't work. And this is just another uh, just another example of 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 cartels falling apart. And whether they'll ever get together again, I don't know. But uh, as you mentioned, you know, we I think we we, we saw oil win about the beginning of 2016. It was a, came down to about thirty dollars a barrel, etc. Now yeah. we have seen falls, but this is uh, this is crazy as well. Have you ever seen a top forty stock down forty to fifty no. percent? No, Sassel. No, I, I don't know what no. the latest price is, but I've got eighty nine rand a share down forty four percent. I'll tell you exactly as tell we, me, as please, we, as exactly. We talk now. Yes, go on. Eighty three rand. Oh no, we are down forty eight percent. Yeah, never seen anything like that in my life. No. No, and remember, this is a this was a top forty company. This was a company that was capitalised at over four hundred uh, billion rand at one stage, at the height of its uh, at the height of its popularity. I'm trying to find. I can't remember the date in which we saw Safsil at that at that level, but I was doing some numbers yesterday, and it's fallen now to uh, a market cap of fifty billion. Huh? Yeah. So, I mean, it's and what's their devastated. debt? What do you think their debt is? I mean, you've got a 50 billion market well, cap. What's the debt? Yeah. yeah. I, what, I, can't, I don't know the exact number. But it's I'm more than gonna, 50 I'm billion, gonna, right? Oh, yeah. 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 Well, <laughs> what are you talking about? They, they spent 250 billion on um, Lake Charles. They spent 250 billion on Lake Charles. Mm hmm. It ran. You know, that's 250 billion. So I, I would imagine that a good percentage of that is, is, is debt. You know, I, so, oh, this is, <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to get you an idea of what 50 billion, who is capitalized on our market at 50 billion. Um, that would be Aspen. <laughs> and Aspen or Pepco. David? Mediclinic. Yeah. Yeah. Multi-choice. Mr. Price. Oh my Sorry, no, those are a little lower. Apologies. 
David, I'm hearing from people that I speak to, they say, just watch out over the next couple of weeks, there will be failures. There will be financial market failures. There will be people that are exposed to these companies. There will be people that have issued these bonds. There are going to be high profile and medium and low profile failures because of the route that we've seen because there's been so much cheap money fueling fueling the system Mm. that has caused the the sell-off along with the coronavirus, which was just the catalyst. But there are going to be some high-profile news items coming out which will take the market down even lower and probably irrationally so. And that's when maybe you start to buy. But I don't think you should be buying now. That's my personal opinion. Yeah. No, um, it's too choppy. It's far, far too choppy for this to happen. Uh, to come in now. Are you talking global or? I'm talking global. I'm, I'm, I'm talking global very much, much global. Yeah. yeah. There are people. You know something? To won't be able to. Z, yeah, that's fine. You know what I mean? I'm not. I I've got no sympathy for that. To be honest, it's my profession and that. But chaps tend to overbelieve in themselves. The whole 0809 was built on the same kind of uh, psychology, the same kind of approach, where chaps lose all sense of uh, risk. Mm. You know, they they just think that they that that you know that, that they take history and they keep going forward and gear themselves up and take huge bets. And uh, every now and again, you need a clean out. And if that's going to clean them out and make people think rationally, well and good, because I think we'd been losing a little bit of uh, you know just just a little bit of sanity. And and those those spreads, you know, you could see the spreads narrowing. On, on a lot of corporate debt, companies that didn't deserve to be rated at those kind of levels. So this is a clean out. And if it does that kind of clean out for whatever reason, no sympathy. You want to play in this game? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You want to play with the big boys? Well, you must expect that. And don't expect government to come and bail you out because uh, that's where you get the Elizabeth Warrens of the world coming in and uh, you know people who attack the banks for for being bailed out. This is not a bailout, and nor should there be a bailout. The only bailout should be of poor, sick people, you know, people who are suffering from the virus or caught the virus. Those are the only ones who should be thought of. As far as financial institutions are concerned and hedge funds, you know, that's crazy. S&P uh, during our conversation has been as low as 27.15. It's now 100 points higher than that at uh, 28.15, mm-hmm. unprecedented volatility. I, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think that uh, Lagarde and the team are all going to get together and say a coordinated response, which means the S&P only closes down 1.5%, 2%, or do you think it closes down 8 9%? What is your call on the next few hours of trading? I, I, would, I would reckon there'll, there'll be some kind of uh, concerted effort. I think that we'll probably stabilize but that doesn't mean that that's time to buy you know i'm with you as well that um this is not something that's just going to vanish it's not just going to to kind of uh, evaporate yes you know you have to let it run its course and you have to let the consequences be felt as well and those consequences are the failures you're talking about you know i'm not i'm i'm positioning myself for somewhere down the line i'm not uh, you know i'm walking around calmly if i didn't have to come to work i wouldn't you know, but I don't want to avoid no, – serious. you know what I mean? Yes, I, I don't do. want to avoid not, not talking about it. I think we've got to talk through it, and we've got to watch what's happened, and we've got to look at the pain, and we've got to decide what to do. That's what we do. We look after people's money. But um, I, I think that uh, we need to – you know, there needs to be some kind of clean-out as well. And sorry that it's been brought about by, uh, by a bug, <laughs> you know. But, yeah, but it's, uh, it's, a, it's an unknown bug. Yeah, That's the whole point. Nobody knows I, I, about I the must, bug. 
you know, Lindsay, when we, we entered this year, and I might have said this to you last week as well, we knew this was going to be a bad year. We knew that this was going to be a year of correction or of catch-up, where uh, we came in with the IMF and with the OECD and all of those all of those uh, organizations saying that this is going to be a better year for global growth, and they perhaps had merit for it. But even against that, we knew valuations were stretched, and we were looking for a no year, a year in which we were not going to make any gains or we were going to at best make a couple of percentage points. So we were positioned for it. What we weren't positioned for was was a bug, you know, in other words, a virus, and uh, we weren't positioned for this kind of, uh, you know, this kind of sell-off of this magnitude. But I don't think the, the fact that it's happening is totally unexpected. The, the size and extent of it is, but I think the actual trend, you know, we weren't, we didn't expect a year of, of major gains. So th- maybe that's why we calm, you know, that we didn't, we didn't go hell for leather and start buying everything in sight and, and so on. And, and from the South African market point of view as well, I've been a long critic of, of, of South Africa, not to this extent. But, uh, you know, I was, I was certainly not bullish and certainly underexposed to this market. How low are we now on the, on the all-share index? My screen is 15 minutes to late. Where are we now? We are Five, six percent? We've been pretty steady, you know, that we've been flat, flatlining the whole day. So we're down 6.12% at the moment. When was the last time you and saw that? Down, no, I, haven't, I can't remember. Not to this extent. Not to this kind of, you know, this level. And uh, with, the, with the exception, I watch 80-odd shares, which are the top capitalized shares. And there's uh, Suntum is the one. For some reason, someone's buying Suntum, <laughs> which I can't explain why. Um, they're up about 1%. And there's another NRP, which is Nepi, which is up 1 cent, which is hardly a move. <laughs> but apart from that, you've got the bottom end, Sassel down 47%. BHP, which is heavily exposed to oil down 15%. Anglo is, of course, with its exposure to uh, uh, to Anglo Platts, down 8%. That was another story on Friday, which took yes. us by surprise. You know, yes, the uh, fact that they're going to be out of production for a while because mm, of a mm. technical issue, an engineering issue. That was exactly yeah. what they didn't need at the time. And do you know what happened as well, which I'm highly critical of Anglo Platts? Yes. That, that first unit blew up on the 10th of February. And they didn't tell us. They didn't tell us. They should have said, we've had an explosion on our Unit A. We're switching over to Unit B. It's not going to cost us anything. Do you know what I mean? In other words, Mm. do not worry about it. Instead, of course, there must have been some people who were there and who knew that this was happening. Not that they could have made any... I don't know. I haven't been. I didn't watch the share, and I didn't notice any insider trading or anything like that. But that's imperative. You know, it's imperative that you keep the market informed. And suddenly, we get the shock on Friday that the unit B has got water, which is even more dangerous, cutting down production. So Anglo Platts, which was the darling of last year, I mean, which made our market last year, uh, has virtually given back, uh, or, or not given back. Um, all of its gains, but it's given back a significant amount of its gains. You know, it's gone back to September 19, which was the last big move. So I don't know on a year-on-year basis where we are, but, I mean, uh, you know, that's also been a disaster from from, you know, from our point of view. I'm just trying to look at it. 
What are we going to do now? What are you going to do now? You're the man with the money. You're the man with the clients. Do you start to say, okay, it's a little bit too early, we can't, but we can't pick the bottom, so let's start easing some of the money you have on I, your, in, yeah. in your account? Do you just start nibbling, David? You must do, surely. Yes, we would. In other words, fresh money, you want to be seen to be doing something. Yes. And you'd probably start nibbling and and add it in as as the year goes by but uh um as far as other money's concerned we just we've just been holding you know we Lindsay, where you've been in for five six seven eight years I, I, let me tell you what's behind my reasoning is if you're a trader you've got a different mindset i'm not a trader when we take clients out the market or clients instruct us to sell in these markets History shows they never come back. Do you know what I mean? Yes, so it's it's an old phrase. It's not the timing of the market. It's the time out of the market. So if you're out of the market, then you're you're stuffed. You've got to stay in the market, even through horrible periods like where Yeah, Yeah. exactly. It's like you get out of the property ladder. You sell your house and you say, oh, that's okay. I've got a good price for it and I'll I'll get back in. I'll I'll go to Airbnb for six months and then buy again. But you don't. You never do that. It's all over. Exactly right. Mm. That's dead right. And that's the worry. So when it does recover, so as time goes by, they get used to having cash and every time you say, do you want to come in the market? No, 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 it's going to fall further. Mm. Uh Uh-uh, no, you know, that attitude. And then one day things improve and you suddenly get – a 10, 15% gain and said, oh, I've missed it. I'm not coming back in. And then they never get back in. And, and over the years that I've been here, that's my biggest worry is that those who get out, you know, don't, don't, never give us the signal to come in again. Okay. So you're going to start nibbling. That was my question. Mm, maybe not today, but soon. Well, the S&P is only, only down mm. 4.95% now. Yeah. So, yeah. so maybe I've seen I've, there's some wonderful. I think there's some very attractive buyers in Europe. You know, I've been looking at uh, Airbus, for example. I've been looking at. I wouldn't go for for. Uh, I wouldn't go for you know for oil stocks, but Airbus. There's a company we've been talking about, ASML, which is your part. My Ferraris are down, uh, you know, down down to 123. So there are things like that that I would start to look at. We've had an ha- absolute hammering of some of the luxury good stocks. They're still good companies. I would look there. That's only in uh, in Europe. I think in the U.S. as well, there's some, you know, very good numbers as well. And and understand, we're going for companies that have got plenty of cash and are not strained by what's happening to their share price. You know, it doesn't mean anything different. Yes, they are likely to suffer a year, quarter or two years, two quarters of, of issues. But I think overall they'll come out of it. I must tell you something now. There's a company, yes. two oil services companies, Apache yes. in the U.S., which is down 43% today. <laughs> and I call it – it's called Schlumberger, but I don't know where they get the J from. Because if, you, if, you, if you're European, it's Schlumberger, Schlumberger you know, yes. which is NV, which is down 39% as well. Chevron yes. down 115 So those two companies, which are directly associated with, I think, the frackers, are down significantly today as well. 
Yeah, and the other one I think you should look at long-term for your clients is uh, some Asian airlines because uh, they have been yeah. completely destroyed. Some hotel stocks have been yeah. completely destroyed. Yeah. I'm not sure about the cruise lines, but I think Asian airlines yeah. that are good quality and have a track yeah. record uh, should be the ones that uh, perhaps any sure. international clients of yours might be looking at uh, mm. in, in, in a month or so's time. But anyway, yeah. David, thank you very much for your insight. As always, that's David Shapiro, the Deputy Chairman of Sassman Security, speaking to us from Johannesburg on this rather bleak Monday. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.